Hello, hello, my dear audience. I'm Peter Resnick, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. Once again, I want to thank you, uh, all those of you who wrote emails to me. Forgive me, please, if my replies are short. I do get a lot of mail every day. But I do take your suggestions and requests into account and am trying to make this show reflective of what you want it to be, because really this show is for you. If you want to call me today, anytime during the show, here is the number 888-874-4888. Again, 888-874-4888. And of course, if you want to email me, my address is drpeter r-e-z-n-i-k at gmail.com, uh, Dr. Peter Resnick at gmail.com. It's time for us to have an overview of all the things that we have been dealing with. I have many balls, if it's the right expression, many balls in the air right now. And I'm not certain it is good or it is not so good. So I will ask for your help. First, every other week, as you know, I interview someone who is a specialist in some form of healing arts. Last week, I had a guest, uh, Vladimir Angert, who is an internationally known psychic medium and energy healer. I got a lot of people send me emails regarding the interview, and many people downloaded the show during the following days. Some asked me to invite him again, which I will consider. Uh, he and I, in, in fact, uh, discussed the possibility of taking um, one hour and uh, discussing some hypothetical cases to see how he and I would approach the same case. So there are similarities in our work and there are differences. So that may be an interesting thing to do. Next week, I will have here uh, for an interview Dr. Gary Nall. Yes, the founder and the owner of this progressive radio network. I do know Gary for 25 years, and he invite, uh, invited me for interviews many times. And I was a guest slash contributor to some of his videos. But I had this idea a couple of weeks ago. Gary speaks every day of the week at noon on his uh, Gary Knoll show here at PRN. Then he has progressive commentary hour uh, on Tuesdays, and he does his workshops. But during all these shows and workshops, he teaches, he shares uh, with information, with his ideas. I also watched videos where he was interviewed in the past by others. But again, it was all about his views. But I never heard anything about Gary Null, the man, uh, who he is, what makes him tick. I found at times you can learn more from how a person or what a person is rather than from what he or she says. So I decided to invite him to this show so uh, that you, my dear audience, would get to know this remarkable man and I wrote an email to him, and guess what? He said, no problem. So we'll have him next week. 
that's regarding the interviews. And here is what I am in the process of sharing with you every other week when I am the one who speaks. Right now, we are in the middle of going through the six pillars of well-being. We are on the fifth pillar, if you remember, our conscious beliefs, attitudes, and character traits. We last spoke about jealousy. And if I remember correctly, I gave you some assignments. We are not finished with the pillars, even with the fifth pillar. I promise uh, we'll continue our journey. Uh, next, we'll talk about the subject of doubt versus living, uh, following your intuition. But we'll do it a week after I interview Gary now. We'll do it on July 6. The other journey I took you on is human morphology or face reading, as they commonly call it. Honestly, I'm actually surprised that people are not more interested in the subject than they are. When I first learned about face reading, I was in my early 20s, and when I learned that it is actually a real thing, I went absolutely crazy. Uh, to look at someone and to know all about them, maybe it was, you know, at my that age, maybe it was all about ego, to have such power, or I wanted to know what girls think about or how they are. Uh, one way or another, it was the most interesting thing for me. But that was in the Soviet Union, USSR, and and there was almost no literature about it. it I just knew that such subject existed. So when in my mid-30s, already when I was a therapist, I met my teachers, um, Madame Colette Bouquet-Muscat and Dr. Gerald Epstein, and I studied with them face reading. I thought it was an absolutely incredible body of knowledge, and that's all I wanted to know, though there was so much more to learn. Anyway, we started speaking about uh, face reading on May, uh, May 4th, and then continued on the subject on June 1st. We covered uh, two out of the, of the four temperaments, the bilious and the sanguine. Today, I intend to complete my talk on the subject of human morphology or face reading by covering two remaining temperaments, the nervous and the lymphatic. But also on June 8th, I introduced to you one more thing. That's why I said there were so many balls in the air. Uh, I introduced to you uh, the WIT, Will Integration Training, the 12-week program of strengthening one's willpower. We are now on the third week. For those of you who took up the challenge and decided to do the practice, here is the next assignment. Uh, remember, the first two were mental exercises. This one is start exercising physically if you're not doing it already. Start even if you do a little, uh, even if it's only five, six minutes but do it every day. With every week, you can add two, three more minutes. The important thing here is that you do exactly what you decided, not less, not more. You make a decision in the morning how long you want to exercise, what you want to do, and then do it. Uh, if exercising is a part of your weekly routine, add one more exercise, an exercise that 
build musculature in your arms, some exercise. Knowing that this particular exercise is a part of your will strengthening program. If you have not done any physical exercises and don't know what to do, then just go on my YouTube channel, go Dr. Peter Resnick, and find the video called 10 minute morning exercise routine. I guide people through 10 minutes uh, of exercise and I think it's a good routine because it is designed to wake up every part of your body. So when you do it in the morning after you went to the bathroom, uh, before you take a shower, actually. Uh, but I need your feedback. Please write to me or call me and let me know. Do you like me introducing several subjects at the same time? Like right now, we have the will uh, strengthening, the face reading, and the six pillars of well-being. So do you want me to introduce like this or several subjects and then slowly covering them by addressing uh, each at different shows uh, or you want me to take one subject, cover it completely and only then go to another subject. Please, I need your help. Uh, please write to me what you prefer because I have many, many subjects still to cover, uh, to introduce to you as I, <laughs> that's why I called it the, the show, the toolbox, because I, accumulated many tools uh, and it's not only the tools i can address different issues i worked with people who suffer from asthma i work with relationship issues with weight control uh, panic uh, cancer you name asthma uh, gastrointestinal disorders um, heart problems and each of them i worked on individually with individual clients or patients and each of them was at some point, uh, sorry, it's uh, um, somebody blocked the street, that's honking, I know, you can hear it. Uh, and so each of them also I taught as a course to groups of people. So I would be happy to share with you all of it. Uh, but one more thing, I, I almost forgot to share with you. Once I turned 60, and I'm 66 now, I decided it was time to begin to prepare a new generation of people who are doing the kind of work I do, just like my teacher Colette shared with me. And that is the mind-body integrative therapy. I give a full education in all the methods that I use. It takes one year and a half, 60 classes on a weekly basis. Classes are done these days, in the last couple of years, actually, on Zoom. My students learn all the methods I use in my practice. That is the work of how mental imagery works for healing, how to recognize mean, the meaning of every illness, how to work with night dreams, uh, how to do waking dreams, which I never spoke to you about yet, how to integrate, integrate face reading, into one's clinical practice and a lot more. I teach small groups. Each group is limited to eight people. The next group I will start uh, will be in the beginning of September. I already have several students signed up for this group. One physician, one nurse, one psychologist, two social workers, oh, oh, also in a massage therapist. So 
I still have space for two more people. So if you are a health practitioner or you know someone who may be interested, please pass the information. They can go on my website and under offerings, go to the course for health practitioners. And then they can call me at 973-572-9972. And I personally interview the candidates who want to take this course. So that's, that's my last announcement. And finally, now we go to the nervous and lymphatic temperaments. But please keep in mind that I am covering only the part of human morphology uh, which is uh, uh, temperaments uh, that are embodied in profiles. I think I told you that the temperaments are what we arrive with into this world and account for 90% of who we are. I'm not covering faces, that is qualities that a person develops as a result of one's upbringing in the education and the features which add nuances to what uh, we see in the faces. And the reason for that is um, because these subjects' faces, there are 12 faces and a lot of features, require a lot of show and tell. And the format of radio show does not permit it. But if you really get interested in the whole body of knowledge, you can either buy my book, uh, you already know where it is, my website, or you can also download the uh, tutorial course that I also have on my website. And finally, here we go, the nervous temperament. Uh, if a bilious uh, temperament we call the builder of the world, because they are action-oriented and they do, 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 do. And the sanguine is the action of the world. The nervous is the brilliance of the world. And there are three words for them that would also go, and that is charm, creativity, and anxiety. So uh, let me first tell you how they look. Think about, again about a person's turned uh, to the side, the person's profile. The forehead is tilted back. Perhaps you can think of someone you know, or look at your pictures, the family pictures, the corner of the jaw appears to come directly from under the ear and goes down to the chin without forming an angle. The chin is receding, goes in toward the body, opposite to what you learned about the sanguine, where the chin protrudes forward. The head is kind of in the shape of a bullet, pulled up and backward. The skin color, every uh, people, most people have like a certain color tinge, like the sanguine has reddish uh, or pinkish uh, tinge, and the bilious has brownish skin. Uh, so the nervous has yellowish color. The body of a typical nervous is slim and tall with thin and fragile bones. Now, if you understand, I'm talking about pure temperaments. Majority of people are not pure. And I spoke about it in the previous talks on face reading, but I will repeat a little later uh, again why um, and how to recognize who is what if, if people are mixed. Uh, 
you know these people <laughs> that you hate because they eat everything and anything and they don't gain weight these are the nervous you know they're they're slim no matter what no matter how much they eat here are some uh that i can remember some people of a nervous temperament if you remember the build and the appearance of walt disney um yeah, that's from old times pablo picasso albert einstein was a nervous temperament nowadays the, the comedian um, however, Mandel, the guy from Canada, he's my favorite comedian. Uh, the actor Morgan Freeman, a late Michael Jackson, was of a nervous temperament. Woody Allen, Barbara Streisand. Uh, you probably noticed that I'm <laughs> talking about people of a later, older generation, because I'm not really following the, the young guys these days. Uh, they're actors and know very little for actors and, and musicians of these days um, now we'll talk about the nervous temperamental characteristics the archetype archetypal creature that represents the nervous is an eagle uh, meaning that by becoming the best of themselves the nervous are capable of flying high seeing deeply traveling fast and guiding humanity to its greatest achievements. That's why the nervous is called the brilliance of the mind. Their mind, their mind works so quickly. The most distinguishable characteristic of the nervous temperament is their mind. They have the quickest mind of all. If you happen to be a nervous in your interactions with all others, except another nervous, you may feel that they're too slow. The truth is, they're not too slow, you're too fast. Uh, you may be thinking twice as fast as, a, as a, your regular bilious or lymphatic and even faster than compared uh, with the sanguine temperament. Uh, while they're putting together a response to something you said, you already know what they want to say and already um preparing or ready to reply to their comments you have great advantage while brainstorming and when quick reactions are needed but you may find it a challenge when you are expected to hear someone out or just to be there the nervous have a rich imagination and great creativity these qualities may be user-friendly for the nervous or quite self-destructive. At best, they can use their imagination and creativity to see the bright future, come up with great ideas, find ways uh, of, of addressing challenging situations, uh, sense new opportunities, by the way, George Gershwin, the, the, one of the creators of modern jazz, was also um, a nervous temperament and the composer Tchaikovsky. But it's all creativity. They can create so much, but at worst, the imagination, creative mind can be uh, used for drafting pictures of inevitable doom and gloom, which will pull them down into the abyss of hopelessness and despair 
the nervous are very aware of their own feelings and sensitive to the feelings of others. If they do dismiss how someone feels, it may be not because they do not know where a person is emotionally, but because their own feelings are overwhelming them at that, that moment. The nervous can be quite volatile. Uh, their mood swings are often a reaction to the outside events or pressures or judgments. They're hypersensitive and may go from flying in the sky to lying on their back, depending on what someone thinks about them. They're dependent on the outside world to confirm their worth, uh, beauty, or intelligence, or anything else that can be compared, qualified, or quantified. What we, they have what we call the need for eight A's. That is acceptance, acknowledgement, adoration, adulation, applause, appreciation, approval, attention, and awards. Attention and appreciation from others is for the nervous what what the water is for flowers. It's life sustained. Despite their neediness, which they often can conceal, of course, under the veil of bravado and artificial indifference. Actually, they're, they're a lot of fun to be with. They're very lively, charming, usually have great sense of humor and a very accommodating and considerate because they think so fast, they pick up what you want. Patience is not <laughs> one of their virtues, though. In conversation, the nervous often cannot wait for your answer or your input. Uh, you may find them speaking too much or too fast or too incoherently, but wait. Do not rush to dismiss their avalanche of information or emotion as too much. Pay close attention. You may find some brilliant ideas or insights. Their sharp perception may op open new ways of looking at things, and their philosophical mind can sort things out in the way you never thought of. Uh, more about their mind, they're abstract and intellectual. So don't expect for them to offer concrete, practical steps to achieve uh, their goals if you're asking for an advice. They're more likely, look, a pure nervous, you see my, my, my show is called uh, Toolbox. They don't like the box. So that creates, so do you understand now that I am not a nervous, but it's not true. I am uh, nervous slash bilious. My mind works uh, as a nervous. So I have what we call nervous cast. We'll talk about it later. So I do think very fast. But part of me, the lower part of my um, profile is actually bilious. So I think fast, but I also have the will of ability. So I'm organizing meticulous. That's why I have the show called Toolbox, because I am able to sort out and organize material and present it in a coherent way. A pure nervous, if I would just have the nervous temperament, yeah, I would have a lot more ideas than I have now, <laughs> but they wouldn't be so organized. 
uh, though the nervous are impulsive, they tend to be passive. That's an interesting quality. And they're impulsive, uh, not in terms of action, but in reacting. That is, if there is a stimulus, they react quickly. Obstacles overwhelm the nervous. Unlike people of the bilious temperament who look at the obstacles as an opportunity to create change, the nervous often use this, their fast minds to imagine uh, all the worst possible outcomes and to find the reasons for why nothing else but doom and gloom can be expected. Uh, I have to tell you, since I, I tell you that my mind is a nervous mind, often, I, unfortunately, uh, I do, like I worry about my children, the one, when I think of something, they go somewhere, something happens, my first like, oh, is anxiety, oh God, what if, what if, and then the, the bilious part of me comes in and say, okay, <laughs> what is the worst thing that can happen? A, what can you do to prevent this? Pop, 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 step by step. But the first reaction, because there is a nervous temperament in me, the first reaction is anxiety that I learned, you know, of course, for so many years of clinical practice and work on myself, living a long life to, to diminish it uh, and to leave almost no time for it. Because that's when the anxiety escalates when you give life to it, you breathe life into it by giving it attention. But you cannot escape your your what you came into this world so in the, for, for a fraction of a second but i always have if, if something uh even po possibly remotely negative can happen that suddenly jumps into my mind and into my body that i can feel that anxiety and immediately i use my tools they are breathe out gently and then i say so what what is on my plate let me think rationally but the the, the anxiety reaction is there because of the temperament. So I want those who of you who are nervous temperament, I want you to know there's nothing wrong with you if you have that reaction. It's just you need to breathe out gently. No, remember, not in but out, because when you breathe in, you stimulate sympathetic nervous system, you get more excited. But when you breathe out, you stimulate parasympathetic nervous system because you activate what is called Vagus, it's a quieting nerve that goes from your medulla, from the brain to lungs, heart, and stomach. So you relax, and then you can think rationally. So it's just part of your temperament. So to for every disquieting emotion that you feel, remember what blessings your temperament brings into your life. Uh, the nervous have, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about the body. The nervous have the smallest digestive tract and smallest lungs of all. Uh, they're short distance runners. Uh, I, I want you to, so once I introduce to you my morphology, I will now guide you through it. Look, I told you I, am, I have a nervous cast, which means my forehead is tilted and the chin is somewhat receding but the corner of my jaw is purely obilious. And you know already we spoke about obilious, which means my physicality is bilious. So even though I said the nerve, I am nervous, yes, emotions, 
but when I say they have the smallest digestive tract and they're short distance runners, they don't have the energy. That's not me. Why? Because I am able to make long-term commitments physically or emotionally because my physicality does permit it. Because the lower part of my profile, that is the jaw, uh, is not the nervous one. The nervous, remember I said, it would be coming from all the way, the jaw would be coming from under the ear, going to the chin, straight line. So, but the nervous in sports, they excel running short distances, like, you know, 100 meters. And uh, they would be much better playing volleyball, doing gymnastics, um, which doesn't require long-term, long-term expenditure of energy. Uh, in a career, they need to be involved in projects which produce quick results and do not require a long time to conclude. As writers, if you are a writer, you know, if you're nervous, you have a lot of ideas, do not choose to write a big novel. Choose to write short stories so you see quick results. And that's good for you. Excuse me, I have a sip of tea. Now, uh, a nervous would enjoy a career as a journalist or a travel agent, as a designer, a songwriter, a mediator. You will say, why mediator? Ah, because they have quick mind, so they can go between people. In fact, among the nervous, there are many therapists um, because they think, remember the eagle, they see from above. They can think very quickly, go in between people and creating new possibilities to resolve the issue. Um, there are professions which require interaction with people, creative mind uh, and exposure to new experiences and impressions. That's also good for the nervous. Though the nervous love being with people, I have to tell you, they often dislike large groups, feeling that they cannot breathe well around many people. And indeed, in large groups, air is literally sucked out from their small lungs. Something about energy and uh, that the, the energy of a large group takes away fragile energy of the nervous. Uh, one of the great ironies of, of morphology, despite the nervous's preoccupation with death, morbid thoughts, uh, hypochondria, fear of getting ill, and fear of suffering, they usually have the longest lifespan uh, of all temperaments. You know, we say, at least it's a, I will translate for you from Russian, we say there are some people who get ulcers, and there are some people who give ulcers to others. So the nerves give ulcers to others because they complain, they scream, they're concerned about dying, but they live longest lives. Uh, because they don't, they don't overeat uh, food. It has a lot to do with our well or ill being. Uh, you know, if the experiments of limiting the food they intake in animals resulting in prolonging their lives are also true to people, 
and it seems to be true, and the experiments on animals have been done for the last 20 years, that can explain the secret of the nervous uh, longevity. The nervous simply eat less than any other temperament. They need to eat several times a day, but small amounts when they're hungry. This is it. They, don't, they cannot eat large meals. Uh, the, in fact, pure nervous temperament are usually natural vegetarians. They don't have a lot of muscles and they don't need meat. Uh, meat meat um, is, you know, for, for some, I believe, for, like, uh, for sanguine temperament, it's important for their large muscles to be maintained. Uh, meals should include, for the nervous, should include grains, fruits, vegetables, a little uh, fluid, um, a little protein, um, fish, maybe a couple of times a week, chicken, maybe a week, or once a week, and that's it. Vitamin B1 and chelated magnesium, it's a natural tranquilizer, should be taken regularly. Um, that comes down the nervous. In terms of, again, energy, the nervous are dry and cold type. Remember, the bilious is dry and hot. The nervous is hot and wet. And the nervous is, uh, the sanguine is hot and wet, and the nervous is dry and cold. They usually do not like to drink a lot of water, but Drinking four or five cups of water a day is good for them. The most comfortable environment for the nervous is where it is hot and wet. Think about uh, the parts of the country of America or wherever you are. And if you're a nervous temperament, you will find that that's what would be your choice. Uh, The nervous faint if they do too much aerobic exercises. So I wouldn't recommend for the pure nervous to do aerobic exercises. The best activities for them are Tai Chi or dancing where you can stop, or you can be slow. Uh, they need to stop after 15 minutes of exercising and would benefit from uh, maybe shiatsu massage. Uh, that, that would be not, not a strong massage, deep body massage, that's sanguine, love it. But the nervous shiatsu, like which is uh, acupressure, would be good. They do not handle alcohol uh, well, like a sanguine can drink and drink and drink. And that's why so many, uh, majority, if not, I would say 50 to 60% of alcohols come from sanguines because they can handle alcohol so well. Uh, but but nervous don't become alcoholics because they become sick if they drink too much. Uh, the main spiritual challenge for the nervous lies in taming the impulse for more of everything, impressions, experiences, opportunities, and challenges, and to use their brilliance to the benefit of others. That's what I wanted to tell you about the lymphatic temperament. Uh, excuse me, the nervous. Now I have on my mind already. You see, this is the... This is the nervous mind. Notice what I just did. That's what, that's what, remember I told you the nervous is running. It's running too much. You know, because of the nervous mind, when I teach, 
my challenge is not not to uh, uh, to have enough information. My challenge is to filter and choose the most information information uh, most important information to give. If somebody asks me a question, two three answers, two three examples pop in, pop into my mind. And I have to choose because I don't want, it's not appropriate to give three examples. I have to choose to give only one. And look what I just did. I was finishing talking about the nervous, but already in my mind, I had the lymphatic. That's why I misspoke. So that was about the nervous. Now we're going to the lymphatic temperament. If um, the lymphatic temperament is a visionary, and three words for the lymphatic are, um, Tolerance, morality, and knowing. Um, the forehead is just like uh, um, of the bilious. It's straight around it. Um, the jawline is indistinguishable. That is, you cannot see it because it's covered with flesh. Think about now a person in profile. You. Uh, they look very much like a bilious forehead and, and chin on the same level, but there is a like double or triple chin. The shape of the head is pushed down and back. The body of a typical lymphatic is large with a lot of flesh and or fat. An average lymphatic is physically at his her best if they are 15 to 25 pounds over what uh, is conventionally accepted as normal for their height and age. Uh, and the skin color is uh, white, whitish, uh, or you would call it white pale. You know, I believe that the, the lymphatic temperament people are the most abused in the Western society, particularly like from what I know in America. I tell you why. Because most models, uh, the, you see these skinny people and a poor, let's say, a lymphatic temperament, a young girl looks at these pictures and says, oh, something is wrong with me. I, I'm overweight. I should go on a diet. She goes on a diet, loses a few pounds, and then gains pounds back. And here starts a cycle of suffering. But really, you have to be the best of your own body type, not somebody else's body type. Uh, so it's, it's so unfortunate. They, they have so much to offer to the world. And often, because of the Western preoccupation of being skinny, um, they suffer. Some of the examples of the lymphatic temperament people, um, you know the actor Jack Black, uh, the late James Gandolfini. Historical pictures, if you, those of you are older, uh, if you remember General Norman Schwarzkopf, the, the head of the invading army, um, in the first Gulf War, or oh, it was the second Gulf War, I think. Um, uh, who else? Um, Winston Churchill. So temperamental characteristics. The archetypal being for the lymphatic is a bull, meaning that by becoming the best of themselves, the lymphatic are capable of being powerful, enduring, tolerant, and visionaries. 
their digestive type capable of digesting large amounts of information and food and stress and whatever comes their way. They have a good memory, much patience and great endurance. People with lymphatic temperament often start their lives as little biliouses with, with whitish skin. They may also have a bilious will, but from the get-go, they need much more sleep and food. Even as children, they, then, they tend to choose activities that require less physical exhaustion and more solitary play slash daydreaming in a small space, where little bilious run, runs in a big space, requires constant movement. The lymphatic uh, spend hours, can spend really hours entertaining themselves um, and break away from their play only for a snack. Though they have the stamina of the bilious, lymphatic children do not mind gentle guidance where the bilious, remember, are positional. And they, they're just ready to listen to you if you want to talk to them. However, after listening carefully to directions, they may end up marching to the beat of their own drum anyway. This is not to defy the authority, but simply because they know what is best for, for them. Most of the time, they're intuitively right. The mind of the lymphatic is as active as the mind of the bilious. But while the bilious are detail-oriented, the lymphatic tend to be more interested in the greater picture. They're not afraid of challenges. Um, but they choose not to get involved in problem-solving, deciding that something may or may not work out in the long run. So they may, they may sit back and or just observe. Of all temperaments, the lymphatic are the least likely to become discouraged. If something is not working out, uh, but the lymphatic believes it eventually will, he or she will keep plowing and plowing till the problem is overcome or till they see that it is not resolvable. That's why I said they will sit back and look. They do not rush. Then they give up, satisfied that they gave their best try. So if the bilious are the builders of the world, the nervous are the brilliance of the world, the sanguine are the action of the world, uh, what are the lymphatic? They are the knowledge, the vision, the talents of the world. They are cap capable of accumulating and uh, taking, holding to a lot of information. But remember, there is positive and negative to anything. And so since they're able to hold on to a lot of information, they're also able to hold on to pain, uh, to, they, they hold grudge. Uh, it's difficult for them to part with hurts. And uh, you will find often, particularly people who are seriously overweight, you will find their but closets are full of stuff that they no longer need or no longer wear. So sometimes a person walks into my office if they're seriously overweight 
and I will tell them, how is your closet? And they say, why are you asking? I said, well, okay, so it's, it's full of stuff. I say, how do you know? Do you have cameras there? I say, no, because that's, you're holding on. You're holding on to wait, write for me a list of guilts and hurts that you've been holding on to, um, because that's, that's the story of your life, and it's so much true. So that's the problematic part. But the blessing is that they're tolerant. They're such good companions. They're not judgmental, the least judgmental of people. Uh, those of you who are older can actually remember the visionary, the uncompromising moral police of Russia, Nikita Khrushchev. But they also remember they are visionaries, but they are able, remember the, the archetype of animal is the bull. They're able to go in rage. And remember Nikita Khrushchev, in the United Nation, uh, banging his shoe at the podium and shouting, we'll bury you. He was not joking. He just went in the rage like a typical bull. Then he doesn't care anything. So the lymphatic are capable to be tolerant, accepting, till you you go over the board, till you till they can't take it anymore. Then they boom, they explode, and then go being back to being Mr. Nice Guy. So, um, as I said, most of the time they're very good companions and they rarely impose their will on others. Most of the time they will join you in activity and find, find it fun to partake in whatever you choose. Uh, they're the only temperament which gets along with their own temperament and with all other temperaments. Just as abilities are unafraid to be involved in projects requiring a long time commitment and a great amount of energy, so are the lymphatic. They may take much more time to complete the task, uh, but, but they will be done with everything will be done with precision and respect and 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 honesty because the one of the biggest things for the for the lymphatic is justice very often they choose professions of judges or leaders uh, a good profession for the lymphatic uh, is the one which permits them to stay in relatively small space and do work without much pressure. They will do well in whatever endeavor they choose, as long as they can take time and the activity is morally acceptable for them. You, you will find the lymphatic happy being involved in politics or music or science or publishing. Novels, of course, are the preferred genre for the lymphatic uh, to write um, because they they're able to sit quietly and think long-term investments, uh, judicial career, archi architecture, um, spiritual leadership. Very often um, they become spiritual leaders because, again, the lymphatic are moral police of the world. Uh, police of the world they become if they go a little bit overboard. But generally, they're moral people. In America, the lymphatic are, again, as I said, the most mistreated people. Um, those 
unfortunates who become victims of this hypnosis of social conditioning and go on the uh, latest crazed diets inevitably inevitably fail to gain uh, and gain more weight than they lost only to go on yet another diet uh, so it's it's a kind of tragic people I, my one of the hopes i have is when people learn morphology or face reading that they become non-judgmental non-judgmental because you become you understand that each temperament has has beautiful qualities and challenging qualities and they are challenging to you whatever qualities you have so it's between you and you you know uh, late uh, robin williams said something so beautiful he said every person you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about be kind always so look at every person and know that they deal with their own challenges sometimes these challenges this this uh, inner struggle is misdirected people have difficulty struggling with themselves and then they choose to fight other people uh, because it's easier to fight uh, somebody else than to deal with yourself in in fact uh, it's written in Talmud the true hero is not the one who conquers the army but the one who conquers himself uh, let me finish or get carried away uh, about lymphatic their appetite has no boundaries or saturation i said that lymphatic, the lymphatic should be uh, maybe 20 25 pounds heavier than other temperament but not 50 but since they have a tendency to to want more to accumulate to take in uh, so they, they can't, if they permit themselves to be the worst of themselves so then their appetite has no saturation whether it's food sex or possessions they become they they gain a lot of weight and become what we call amorphous the face has no distinct shape uh, and then that leads them to sometimes to being cruel the digestive tract of the lymphatic is twice as long as that of other body type a healthy diet for the lymphatic is the one which has very little dairy product it's absolutely not good in fact dairy product is not good for most temperaments uh, produce a lot of mucus uh, so it's not good remember that dairy product we, we we have this milk and dairy product coming from cows mostly and cow remember the cow from the babyhood from birth to the age of two becomes a grown cow humans take 15 16 years to become grown so the growth hormone of of uh, milk of the cow is is much stronger so it screws up our system so the lymphat for the lymphatic particularly it's not good to have milk at all a lot of green leafy vegetables uh, cooked vegetables brown rice and beans uh, the tendency for the lymphatic is to retain water therefore 
they should refrain from drinking a lot of water. I know there is this, it's popular, you have to drink all the time, not for the lymphatic, particularly if the lymphatic lives, uh, like let's say in Manhattan, it's an island that is surrounded by water. If you take an average lymphatic, and uh, let's say living in, Manhattan, in New York City, and bring them to Arizona, dry, dry heat. So they will lose 20, 30 pounds. If they, let, let's say they are 250 pounds, within a couple of months, if they have no, make no changes in their diet, they will lose 20, 25 pounds. Because they become in a humid atmosphere, they get bloated. Um, vitamin six is, is good for them. Um, what else? Physical exercises would be good, but they are bored with physical exercises. So it's hard to force the lymphatic to exercise. So a lot of walking would do, but if they, if they have to be committed to do it. In case of infection or illness, the process of recovering is slowly, is slow and uh, but deliberate, but they, they know how to take care of themselves. Uh, but they do recover, but it takes them a long time. The lymphatic are cold and wet type, so a healthy environment for them to live is in the hot and dry climate. A couple of words I want to tell you about the, um, the mixed types. Remember, the upper part the forehead is the type of intellect. The lower part, the chin and the jaw are the, your physicality. So you may be uh, with a tilted forehead, um, which is kind of a nervous mind, but if your uh, jaw is a bilious or sanguine, you physically, you are bilious or sanguine. Uh, but nervous cast means a person may be uh, of, of a bilious temperament, but somehow the, you will see profiles looks like the the part of the uh, profile where the nose is is protruding forward, and it makes the shape bow-like. So a person, can, but still, the, you can make a straight line between the chin and the forehead. Now the person is a bilious with a nervous cast. So nervous cast always, no matter what. A lymphatic also can have a nervous cast. No matter what characteristic they have, once a person has this bow, when you look from the profile, bow-like shape, that adds always creativity and greater sensitivity. Uh, what else about, I think I came to an end. That's the lymphatic, um, uh, usually a quiet, self-sustained, uh, not overly demonstrative, and th their spiritual uh, challenge, like I said, each one has, um, each temperament has a challenge. The challenge is to transform rage into acceptance and to create boundaries, because very often the lymphatic take too much, and, and then they, they accept because they're able, they have a large body, and, and they're able to tolerate, to accept a lot of stuff going um, their way. 
um, but they they allow other people to invade to break their boundaries and then they blow up and become rageful and much healthier way and their their uh, spiritual challenge would be as i said to become tolerant and that is first to create boundaries and to accept what is acceptable and with instead of rage just acknowledge the boundaries uh, and not to accept what that which is unacceptable and then they don't need to go in in the rage so this is all about the temperaments again if you're interested in learning more you will just have to go on my website and uh, our meeting is coming to an end uh, i want to thank you all for being with me i'm looking forward to your feedback regarding what i said in the beginning of this talk how you want this show to go um, we are happy to hear your suggestions i thank you all again for participating in this hour and peace to all who want to live in peace.